Well, welcome to our second season of Knowledge Cast. If you're a regular listener, we're certainly glad to have you back. And if you're a first-time listener, we hope you enjoy the podcast and we'll come back next week. We have a great list of guests this spring season, and you can read about them by going to www.jackwwilliams.com and just scroll down to the podcast section. Well, our guest this week is Miss Bailey Moody. Bailey is an amazing young woman with just an incredible story. So let's get started. A little background. At the age of 10, Bailey was diagnosed with a rare form of bone cancer in her leg. And after chemo treatment, unfortunately, had a form of amputation called rotation plastic. And after her physical setback, Bailey, though, she wanted to continue her active lifestyle that she had prior to the amputation. So in middle school, Bailey began to participate in basketball, volleyball, and tennis. And then in the seventh grade, at the age of 12, she discovered wheelchair basketball and fell in love with it. She became a member of the U.S. Under-25 wheelchair basketball team that won a gold medal in the World Championships. She also competed representing the United States on the women's national team, the senior women's national team that won a silver in Peru and won a bronze medal uh, on the U.S. Paralympics team that just recently competed in Tokyo. And now Bailey is currently a student at Alabama. Bailey, I really don't even know where to start. Uh, I've known your story now for some time, having coached your brother in youth football and, and meeting your family, but but this is the first time that I've really had the privilege of, of speaking to you personally. Um, so welcome to our, our podcast. Thank you for having me on. Listen, I know 10 years old is a long time ago, and you were just a young girl, but tell us what went through your mind when they diagnosed your condition and then prescribe the the recommended amputation procedure? I mean, at 10 years old, you don't, you don't really know what cancer is, you know, you know, sometimes old people get cancer or, you know, it's, it's a disease and it's, you know, as a kid, it's a, it's a deadly disease and you know that. Um, But I think as at 10, I didn't really wrap my head around exactly what I was about to go through and what I was about to have to do. And and how sick I really was. And, you know, the first question I asked my parents when they told me that I had cancer was, will I ever get to play sports again? And, you know, my parents said, I don't know, like, we're going to take this one step at a time and we're going to beat this cancer first. And I, I remember being scared and obviously and not knowing what was ahead, but I don't think I, I truly grasped what I was about to do and go through. Probably in, in hindsight, that was probably a good thing that, that you didn't understand what was ahead of you because you were so young. I definitely agree. Yeah, for sure. It was good. I, I didn't know exactly what was coming. Well, what was what would you consider your, your first, let's just call it major achievement uh, on your road to recovery? What was a, a milestone for you? It It's pretty small, but I would say that the minute that I played basketball again for the first time was when I really saw that I could keep doing this and that I could play sports again. I think that it probably took me about a year to really get back to where I wanted to be uh, running and, and, you know, walking and moving wise. But when I finished chemo in October, November of 2012, I was 
walking the basketball down the court for a rec league team that winter playing that playing again. And, you know, that was, that was the point in time where I was like, you know, I really think that, that this is definitely possible and I can definitely play sports again and do everything that I did before cancer. Well, that had to be a great feeling. It was amazing. It was amazing. Well, tell us how you became exposed to and then later so committed to wheelchair basketball. So I played a what we call able-bodied basketball. It's just plain, normal, stand-up basketball. Um, I played all the way through middle school pretty much. I didn't play eighth grade year, but I played rec league uh, fourth and fifth grade. And then I played sixth and seventh with my middle school, just normal middle school team. And then people started to get faster. It's when you have one leg and everybody else has two, it's hard to keep up eventually. And so I was working as hard as I could, but I was expending so much energy trying to keep up getting up and down the court. My parents tracked down this USA sitting volleyball player named Laura Webster. She had the same surgery that I did, same amputation. And my dad pretty much just asked her, like, how did you transition from being just in your school's athletics to going to adapted athletics. And she said, you know, it's hard to make that transition because you're like, but I can play, I can play with my school. Like I can keep up fine. She played volleyball in college. Um, but there's so many opportunities that come with wheelchair basketball and come with adapted athletics, like traveling the world and getting to play for national teams that I couldn't have had if I had just continued to play for my middle school team, my high school teams. So my parents found a rec league basketball team, rec like travel wheelchair basketball team for me to play on. And the first practice I went to, I was hooked. Like I, I didn't have to work as hard to keep up. The playing field was leveled. I could focus on, you know, how much I loved basketball again. And just from there, you know, my career escalated quickly. Well, let me ask you a question. Uh, in, in wheelchair basketball, obviously you're not able to run up and down the court, but it's still, because uh, I've seen some of the games, it's still a very competitive game with a lot of very talented players who can do amazing things on the court. What was the hardest adjustment that you had to make besides the obvious uh, transitioning to wheelchair basketball? I definitely think that the hardest thing is putting it on wheels. You're so used. It's the same. All the rules about wheelchair basketball are pretty much the same. So same size core. We use the same size ball, same height of the net. The only thing that's a little different is the rules on dribbling and stuff like that. But like when you put basketball on wheels, there's a whole nother level of skill there you have to figure out how to maneuver the chair and dribble the basketball and shoot the basketball and so taking the skills that I already had and then trying to adapt them to how you would play in a chair was definitely what took the longest I mean I could still shoot sitting down I just had to figure out with still moving and trying to get the wheels to stop from underneath me that was the hard part all right I'm gonna put you on the spot every basketball player has has their favorite move what's your coolest move my coolest moves. I don't know. I'm very fast and I have a decent looking shot and my dad and my mom like to talk about who actually taught me to shoot, but um, <laughs> <laughs> they've both contributed. To do you it. still, do, do, do they still uh, talk smack out on the court? My parents? No, you and the players. 
wheelchair. Yeah, of course they do. Of course they do. Everybody's got, everybody's got the, the competitive mentality. And so, you know, everybody wants to win. That's the fun part. Sure. Well, listen, you, you've had to overcome, you know, so much and, and, and been able to accomplish, you know, an awful lot after going through that. What, what kind of, what was your strength, your drive, your resolve? What, what allowed you to, to, to work through all that? My faith is obviously a big thing for me. Um, in addition to that, though, just the the drive to want to want to be back to where I was before and to want to play basketball again and to want to play sports again and not have to you know sit out of something that I love because I had one leg and you know people will often come up to me or they'll be doing something. I've I've been told that I made it look easy or that I made it look like it wasn't as hard as it actually was, but it's just because I had such a drive and motivation to get back to, to, to where I was before cancer that every single step in the process for me was like, okay, it's a check in the box. I'm getting, I'm getting back. Like I'm moving back and, you know, I just got to get over these obstacles and this training process and this physical therapy in order to be able to get back and do that again. Well, you've played on some amazing teams with great success and traveled all over the world. What are some of your most memorable experiences? I think my favorite country that I've ever been to, and I don't know if it was the country or if it was just the team and the the tournament that I was at, but when we won gold at that under 25 world championships in Thailand, I think that was my favorite trip I've been on just because of the girls on the team and, and the, we got to do a lot of sightseeing that trip and we won gold, which is obviously a big deal and very exciting, but I got to see a lot of the country that trip and my coach made it a very big effort to like allow us out and help us experience the culture. And I just thought Thailand as a culture and the people there and just the country in general was incredible. Well, I know in Tokyo, you were limited a lot, but tell us about that experience. That experience was also incredible. It was, I mean, going to the Paralympics is something that I dreamed about since I started wheelchair basketball and I watched them win gold in Rio. And I said, I want to do that. And I didn't know that it was going to happen as fast as it did. Um, But, you know, being there was, was surreal for a little 19 year old that finally got to go to the Paralympics and you know I just kind of soaked it all up and yeah I didn't we didn't do a lot of sightseeing but the village was incredible the games were incredible and the people that I got to interact with and experience the culture of the Japanese people was also just amazing so you know I I soaked it all up. What was the age span on the uh, Paralympic team? You have girls, there's no, there's no age limit. And so we had, we've had girls as young as 15, 16, and as old as like 38, 39, 40, you know, there's that, that span, that range of, of ages. Um, So, you know, you get, you get a bunch of girls together that are, you know, there's a 20 year age gap or whatever, but when we get on the court, we're all playing basketball we're all doing something we love. And I don't think anybody really notices that age gap very much. Well, I, besides 
you know, playing on the teams that you're playing uh, nationally, um, internationally, you're also playing on the Alabama team. And I don't know what it is about Alabama, but it seems like the national champions kind of championships kind of go hand in hand. So tell us about winning the national championship in uh, last year at Alabama. Last year was a weird year because it was still kind of on the tail end of COVID lockdown. And so we didn't really have a fully normal season. There were a lot of teams that decided not to play uh, for safety reasons. And so we ended up playing against University of Texas at Arlington several times. Um, and we played like a best of three with them uh, at, instead of having more of a tournament style like we normally do. Uh, but, you know, as a freshman, winning a national championship is definitely very exciting and definitely started off my career at Alabama strong. So it, it was it was a really good season last year, even though there were a lot of obstacles that we had to overcome. We were still able to have a full season, which was incredible. And it was something that a lot of teams, you know, weren't able to do in a lot of sports. A national championship is a national championship regardless of how you get there uh, and having to do it in a COVID environment just makes it even more special. Uh, I know that you're studying or want to study psychology and you want to become a, a sports psychologist. You, you probably learn more from your personal experiences than anything they're going to teach you at Alabama. Have you had any of your uh, professors ask you to conduct class? <laughs> Not to conduct class, but I definitely am interested when I'm in class you know, relating my experiences back to it. Uh, just the life that I've lived is a lot. And it's, it's something where I've learned a lot of what I would be learning in class through just experiencing life. And so, you know, I'll, I'll get to some sort of lecturing class and it'll very easily tie back to something that I've experienced or something that I've done. And it's just easy for me to connect those things in my brain. And also I have had some really good conversations with professors too, just because of the experiences I've had. I think I'd start putting together Bailey Moody class 101 and make it available to anybody in that department. You, uh, you seriously might have an opportunity to, uh, to do some, some, I'm going to call it teaching over there, but you got such an interesting story and, and um, it's a lot more um, learnable when someone gets like you gets up there and tells their story than some professor talking about something textbook wise. So I, I, I meant that kind of jokingly, but really not. I, I really would start putting something together because you've got a, you've got a great story to tell and, and can be a, a blessing to a lot of folks. Well, listen, uh, Bailey, th thank you so much for being with us today. And it, it truly was an honor having you with us. And I look forward to continuing to, to follow you as you take on new challenges and, and opportunities. And thanks for, uh, for being such a phenomenal role model uh, for so many people, including me. Well, thank you for thinking of me. It really means a lot that you let me come on. And let me talk to you for a little bit. Now you got to get your brother to get his act together, okay? <laughs> He's great. He's great. I love him. I know it. All the girls still follow him everywhere. <laughs> he has a girlfriend right now. Oh, so okay. All right. No, but <laughs> we'll get we'll get back to business here. Well, until next week, I want to encourage each of you to make it your goal to be a positive influence in the lives of others. 
Hey, before you go, we wanted to let you know about Jack's book called The Question, a guide to answering life's most important question. In this book, Jack shares his personal journey that began in 1993 to determine the values, principles, and beliefs that would guide his life. Whether you are a spouse, parent, grandparent, friend, leader, educator, coach, or mentor, Jack's I Believe statements apply to all the roles he has played during his lifetime and can do the same for you. Jack's message applies to all people, ages, and careers. It's an easy read with compelling stories, enjoyable humor, and sincere transparency. The question is now available in ebook and paperback exclusively on Amazon. Go to jackwwilliams.com slash the question to learn more and buy your copy today. Again, thanks for joining us for this episode and join us next week for an all new episode of KnowledgeCast by Ideals.